Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 265. Tony is off of it today. A little bit. <laughs> Had a fun last weekend. Yes. But anyways, uh, this is our uh, last grouping of interviews from Motor City Comic Con, and uh, we have uh, starting off a panel with the the very famous uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah, and I talked to the best vendor they had on the floor there. He had the cutest teddy bears. Anyway, uh, Jay Langley, who has awesome merch, and you should definitely check him out. And a ridiculously just very, I don't know how to say it. it it's, it's funny in the right tone, but uh, Zach Thomas from the creator of the Bible 2. And he had so many puns to lay down that he is like my pun brother. Yeah, you would expect somebody who wrote the Bible 2 to be a little bit puntastic. Yep, so sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics, episode 265. Interviews from Motor City Comic Con 2017, part via. Cool runnings! <laughs> Such a dork. Okay, go ahead. Um, let me give you two questions, if I may. Uh, first of all, one 
question, sorry. No. <laughs> I heard, we're gonna go back a bit, really stump you, the bone collector with Denzel Washington. Um, you didn't play the bad guy, but I heard in a few scenes, you had the mask on to throw audiences off the scent. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, what what happened was the uh, in the Bone Collector there were there were um, there were moments in the Bone Collector that uh, they want we wanted we wanted to have yeah we wanted that red herring uh, uh, thing going and so I, I I called up the director in the middle of the night and I said hey why don't I play the bad guy I could play the bad guy. And nobody's, you know, they won't know, you know. It'll be, he says, I've already cast the heavy. And I said, no, 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 dude, I'm not wanting to really play the heavy. You know, the, the, the guy that kills, uh, tries to kill everybody, or who, who is killing everyone. I want to I wanna lead the audience on a, on a subliminal visual, uh, uh, a visual subliminal thing throughout <laughs> the movie. So, all of a sudden, he, he stopped and he was like, look, you gotta understand, he was sleeping. So in the middle of the night, and he started yeah, screaming in the phone, I thought, oh shit, I, th I think I've done it. I might have gotten fired. But he was like, oh, he was hilariously giddy and, and he loved it, got the idea. And I said, but the only, re the only way I'll do it is if nobody knows about it. This is only between me and you. I have the wardrobe, I'll keep it with me. And when you call me on my day off or whenever you're doing a scene with the heavy, the guy doing all the killing and uh, kidnapping and all that kind of stuff, I'll come down in my rental car, get out of my car, walk in, do the scene and leave. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, and so we did. And so the first time he called me, I, I got I got my car, got down there, went into this warehouse district, and it was the scene where we got the guy tied up, and the rats are all, all the little the rats are coming at him and stuff, and I'm like clicking this little knifey thing behind my back, and that that's all. all so I did all of that stuff, and I you know I, I'm just very good at physical stuff. And and I, and I was, you know, I'm really good. I've done some movies where I've done damage to people and stuff, so I know how to grab you and, and drag you away and all that kind of stuff. So that's what happened, and, and we did that, and nobody knew for a while until the producers, until the producers were waiting on set one night because they're wondering, okay, what's up here? I mean, we're gonna have to pay you two times or something? <laughs> That's probably what they were worried about. And I basically said to them, because I knew the guys, I said, look, Marty, chill out. It's gonna work. And so they stayed in their car and they let us go do our thing and it worked like crazy, right? I mean, it really, really did. I did everything, I did the little, little ass, the little necktie around the little monkey in the car and all that kind of stuff. And then they, and then I, I, I was worried that they were doing close-ups of the eyes. I said, "Don't do close-ups of my eyes." So they did close-up of another, someone else's eye, I, someone else's eyes, I think, just to throw them off even more. So yeah, yeah, I did that. That was very cool. And it's uncredited, and and it was okay. I don't buy that at all either. 
And my second question, this is a silly question, who would win if Merle fought Yondu? Come on, have to do that one. <laughs>
you know, all of that kind of stuff is where where we live our uh, existence. You know, even even with the even with the guys that are getting you know multiple multiple million dollar paychecks, even they sometimes don't know when the next gig's coming. So that's the way it is, and that's I think that's the way we like it. We're sort of we're all kind of we're kind of born that way. We like that living in that uncertainty. And, and it kind of makes life a little bit exciting. And you know, on our days off, we get to go to Maui. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, or, or Motor City, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I made a joke, you know, when we're talking, you know, across yeah, studios. I remember that joke. That wasn't um, a funny joke, though. <laughs> no, go ahead. That, uh, that Joss Whedon will cast Robert Downey Jr. as Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, not a lot of people can be comedians. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm one of them. I don't know jokes either, dude. Don't worry about it. The only joke I know, which uh, I don't know, is um, how, how does a cow defend itself? Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> Kawadi. <laughs> Seven-year-old told me that joke, and, and I've remembered it ever since. It's the only one I know. <laughs> that, that one's barely funny. So, anyway, thank you. Good questions. How What's up, doing? man? How you doing? Not much. Um, what made you want to take the role of Yondu? Paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That can't be it. I'm right? like, are you serious? <laughs> what do you mean that can't be it? What else is there? <laughs> do you like the character? Oh, oh, I love three hours of makeup every day. <laughs> now, you know, it, it's a good role. You know, my, my, uh, I knew I was going to be in the movie. I knew I, he wanted me to be in the movie early on in volume. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not called volume one, I guess. So, uh, but I was, I was, uh, shooting a, a TV show called The Walking Dead. So I played a guy called Merle Dixon, and Merle Dixon was alive and well. At the time, I said, oh, awesome, let's, let's do this. And then uh, uh, we discovered that uh, The Walking Dead was filming at the same time he's gonna be filming the, the film, and we decided that, oh, well, shit. I can't do it now. And so, um, uh, so uh, literally, Three weeks after we had decided, oh man, I can't do your movie. They had called me and said they were writing a Merle out, and I was gonna die in the, in the sequence, and, and, and then I had like three weeks. We had three weeks to uh, develop and write and uh, think of ideas of how, what would be a great way for Merle to, to exit the show. And I thought we came up with a, a, with a great one. I mean, and I had a lot to say about what we were going to do and how it was going to be done and all that kind of stuff. And I was like a pig in, in mud, you know. I got to be a part of this whole creative uh, uh, element of the show, which I normally, you're sort of a little bit uh, involved, you know, on set the day of. No, I feel like walking this way instead, or I know I want to I wanna jump out of the way this way, or I want to take this walk around first, you know, that kind of stuff. That's all creative stuff on the day. But this was long, uh, uh, long term kind of stuff, like developing the ideas and, and, and also 
helping with the writing, you know, though they didn't care really that much about the writing, because I, I, I colloquialize everything anyway as Merle, because there are not a lot of, I don't know if there are any Southern writers on the show or not, but I, you know, I'm originally from Alabama, so I just slide right into that kind of stuff. That whole vernacular is sort of in the back of my head all the time, and so I can just bring it up whenever I, I need to. And somebody's calling, let me see who it is. <laughs> yeah, hello, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Oh, oh, it's it's a, a, a friend of mine, Erlich, and I'm doing a, a press conference right now, and you're in. Uh, I won't put you online, but I will. I will. Um, I will call you back. Okay, sucker. Is that your number? That is that your number? Is that the number that keeps popping up on my phone? That's you. I thought it was some weird chick that kept trying to find me or something. Later, dude. I'm done. <laughs> no chicks want to find me. <laughs> you know that, right, sucker? <laughs> okay, let me let me call you back because I am doing a. a <laughs> this is so true. You know I'm so well. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that question? My question? Yeah. Oh, I just asked you why you wanted to take the role of a uh, young oh, and I joke with you? Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I did it uh, for a lot of reasons. For uh, James Gunn's my buddy, and you know, you know we've done, uh, we've worked together uh, since his since his uh, his birthing, you know, and so uh, yeah, so I, I like working with him. So that that was the the main reason. Okay. Awesome. And I, I didn't even know the role. You know, I'm just in, uh, I'm in. So yeah. Go ahead, next. Yeah. Um, so you've been involved in both uh, TV and film properties. So um, there's obviously some differences between those. What personally do you enjoy being involved in more? Film or TV? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really care. Either one's fine with me. Um, I, I just uh, play it by ear, like I said earlier. You know, whatever's on the plate, I look at it, I look, see if it's looking good, or is it delicious, or I want to use it. And if I want to uh, do it, I'll do it. If not, I pass. So I, I you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm picky, but I'm also a, a realist, so I like working, but yet I'm still picky. So I've always been that way uh, since even, not in the beginning, beginning. The beginning, beginning, I would do almost anything, and then I, and, and you make mistakes. You don't, you know, I, I, I rationalize away, oh, well, you know, when I'm going to be working, I'll meet new people all the time, and work begets work, and that's true. It is true. But there are some things that just suck, and you shouldn't do them. And you know it's not, it's, and sometimes the role is not really right for you. You know, and if I, a lot of times I say, I would say to myself uh, early on, and I even do it now, if somebody else that pops into my mind that can do this role, then then that, that's usually, I can do the role and make the money and put it in the bank, but usually those are not the ones that come out really, really good. The ones that come out really, really good are the ones that I, I look at and I read and I go, wow, I'm not sure how to do this. Or, wow, I can do this. This is, this, I'm down for this. 
You know, and it's like I don't see anyone else playing this role. Uh, when I read a piece and I can see other actors, you know, I, things pop up in your head. You know, it's been done before a thousand million times and, and uh, probably better than I can do it. I mean, why would I want to do that role? You know, I want to do a role that I don't think anyone else can do. And I want to do a role that I don't even think I can do. And those are the one, those are the challenging ones, and those are the ones that keep you fresh and alive, and, and make you want, and make you come, keep you coming back. It's like playing golf. You know, one day you, you get the hole in one, and then, uh, the eagle, and the next day you're over in the brush or in the lake where the alligators are biting. You know, stuff like that. So one day you're genius, the next day you're not, and and it's kind of that way in in, in our business. You know, so your job, my job, is to choose the ones that I, I think <clears throat> I think I can do this. I'm going to try it. You know, and, and I've been fortunate enough that most of them have come out pretty good. Yeah, anyway, Thank thanks. Yeah. That's three. No, man, it's supposed to be like. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Brooker, mic, so. <laughs> So you've, your last big roles were kind of these bad guys who were bad guys out of necessity with Yandu and then with Merle. But they've both proven that they were willing to sacrifice it all when it well, came out. Both guys are pretty badass. Absolutely. I mean, they're like definitely the, the, the quintessential anti-hero and, and like the guy that, that will is will beat your ass <laughs> and send you home crying. And in the next moment, jump out and save the puppy before the semi smashes it. 100%. Right? That kind of thing. Most definitely. Now, if, if, you had to, if you had to speak on it, which character between Yandu and Merle do you think sacrificed, or I guess I, I should say, who had the better sacrifice in, in terms of the, <laughs> for the greater good of the group? <laughs> who had the better sacrifice? You know? Uh, I'll, I'll go talk to my business manager. <laughs> Actually, um, Guardians Galaxy Volume 2 was a beautiful arc. When you look at uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and then watch it, there were some double features going on around the country. And the folks that got to see the double features on the, screen, on the big screen were very fortunate indeed because that was pretty damned amazing. Both these movies stand alone and they're very entertaining. Uh, either if, you, if you've never seen a Guardians, the first one, and you watch the second one from the second one, it's, it's awesome. And if you see them both together, it's really, really awesome. Then you see the, 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 the true arc of my, especially my character. And you see some other, you see a lot of good stuff. But it's sort of put together, you have a little break in between. And those folks had a really, um, want a treat because I, I saw it as well and I'm like oh oh I didn't know that you know <laughs> stuff like that and so you're surprised too and that's always a great thing when when the when the, you're part of the team and you go back in and you see wow that's how they put that together that's amazing I'm I'm really impressed with my friend and and that's that's what I don't know if I can say they're both completely different. And I, I mean, 
I, I like to try to, uh, you know, there, there are elements that are similar in these, of course, you just pointed out two of them, right? The, the one, rather. <clears throat> and um, different motivations, different, different upbringings. The, uh, one, I mean, my goodness, uh, uh, Yandu is an alien creature. You know, he's not even Earth. He's not even human. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know how real human beings discipline their kids. You know, he's, you know, he doesn't know all this, you know, he doesn't know this stuff. He doesn't really, I, I always thought that, well, Yantu actually could have, could have had several accents, you know, just testing out different, different, uh, different Terran accents different earthly accents because he's so enthralled with the human race and and it, uh, so that could have happened in the movie but God nicks that pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not too sure if I'd be good with an Australian accent or anything like that. <laughs> anyway but I, yeah I don't know I, you know I, I don't even have an answer for that because I, they're just so uh, vastly different and I love both characters and Thank you. Yeah, may I ask one more? Yeah, sure. Okay, so from your character's perspectives in this regard, then, which would suck more, getting your fingers bit off or getting your mohawk blown up? <laughs> <laughs> I think the finger had more pain involved. The mohawk thing was like a surprise, so you're... <clears throat> yeah, the mohawk was a total surprise, right? Yeah. But the fingers, you're still there. Ow, my finger. You bit my finger off. Yeah, so that, that would have been more, at least more painful. We have one last question. Oh my God, last question? All right. Oh no, this, this can't be. So, um, I would have to say the Mary Poppins bit was probably one of the most hilarious parts in Guardians. And I'm wondering how many takes it took to do that with you guys cracking up, or you if there should, was- That's the wrong question. You should be asking how many different ways did we do that line? <laughs> How many different ways did you do that line? <laughs> many, many different ways. Because it was a lot of that, that a lot of that sequence started out as a. Um, uh, can I use the the, the uh, wireless? Yeah, absolutely. A, a lot of a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, that started out sort of like I, I thought we were going to fly in at an angle. <laughs> But we came down straight down, and I'm holding onto the arrow, and it just reminded me of Mary Poppins, that's all. You know, and so I started flying, floating down like this. And, and of course, James Gunn's silly, crazy mind started thinking, and I started thinking too, and, and you know, Chris and we, all three of us put together there, we came up with that little, that little exchange, which, which was absolutely beautiful, was it not? Mm -hmm. Did you see my picture? I went to see Mary Poppins at Disneyland. <laughs> yep. And I'm telling you, I was geeking out. I'm telling you, I, I, I didn't even show the ones where I'm like smiling like an idiot, you know, because she, she was just so much like Mary Poppins. You know, and I, what a great uh, movie, and, and so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the the new one's going to be. So I'm very excited. Now this is this is what I do normally. I I just jump out of here, and I know you guys are really quiet out here, but you're going to ask a question, ain't you, Glad? <laughs> well, I know it's really hard for me to not look good. 
I agree, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm in shape, and I'm, I'm just, I know, I know what's on your mind. Hi, right? Yeah, okay. Hi, hon. Hi. 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 What's your question? Uh, I love you too. <laughs> here, we got a hand right here. Come on in here. Did you play baseball when you were young? I did. I, love, I, I played ball all the time. Almost every day we went out to the ballpark and played. The soundtrack, what is your track? Oh, a, a musical yeah, yeah, yeah. What's thing? Your, what's your pick off the soundtrack? Good God, I don't know. What's yours? You got one? Uh, no. <laughs> I like, I like, I like, the, I like the, the, the twist. Chubby checker, twist. You know it? You know, let's twist again, right? Can you sing it? No. Yeah, can you, Brandy? Brandy is yours? Brandy is beautiful. Well, you know the twist. I know the twist. Yeah. Can you sing it? No, you don't want to hear that. Can you twist it? You twist it, I'll sing it. Jump up here right now. Ready? Oh, let's twist again. Like we did last summer. Hey, hey, let's twist again. Like we did last year. I do you remember this now? Zach Thomas with what I saw walking around and, and we got to meet last night at the bar but when I found out that you were the person that did the Bible too when I was walking around yesterday I'm like I want to talk to that person because <laughs> just the picture alone says a million words oh yeah so tell me a little bit about the book sure well the Bible too is a, a sequel to the Bible the official sequel Fact, the story is about Jesus Christ is back and he's not crucifying around. Because, you know, when he's not giving mass, he's kicking ass, putting the sin back in the synagogue. So hail to the king of the Jews, baby. <laughs> I bet you had fun trying to come up with that, didn't you? Oh, my God, yeah. It's, it all just kind of started building all, like, small pieces uh, each time. So it's starting to get longer. So is this Jesus coming back in, in now times? Or? No, actually it's immediately after the resurrection where he's going to celebrate his very first Easter with his friends. Unfortunately, the Romans are coming to shit on his parade and he has to kind of, you know, no longer turn the other cheek. So what got you into comic books? Uh, actually, I wanted to be a novelist. Uh, getting into comic books was by complete accident. Uh, I just kind of liked the pictures and I got, uh, the, I got picked up by a buddy of mine who was like, oh, hey, let me show you the artists and... So I kind of got into it that way, and I kind of got addicted to it because you can actually see the progress. Whereas in novel writing, you just see like words on a paper. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did you at an early age just like doodle or write? Uh, yeah, I've been writing since uh, as early as I can remember. Uh, always writing something that would probably get me sent down to the counselor's office in school uh, in some shape, way, or form. I've always kind of drawn on kids' menus and came up with characters like Abe the Aborted Fetus. Yes. He's a character that uh, survives an abortion to become a part of the greatest conspiracy ever conceived. Oh, God. Yeah, well, you know. And he actually was originated by just me dicking around on a kids' menu, drawing like the, the mascot of the restaurant, like slaughtering the children on the menu with coat hangers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, I do like some dark humor. So. Yes. And like I said, with the book, it... Yeah, it's it's something. 
Uh, where can people find it? Oh, they can find it at uh, my website at trepidationcomics.com, or they can find it at uh, my store, which is trepidationcomics.storeenvy.com. Now, do you get to go to a lot of cons? I do, yeah. I try to hit as many as I can. Um, try to hit them every couple of weeks, if, if possible. What's the reaction you get when people come up and start asking you about your book? You know, oddly enough, the South is probably one of the most positive places that I, uh, really? that I get. Yeah, well, you know... When, when you go to like the progressive states, they, they look at you and they're like, hey, you know what? We don't make fun of people because we're progressive. And you go to the South and you're like, oh, thank God somebody understands how I feel because I am surrounded by this. And you, you get that level of appreciation that I don't think you get in, in areas where people take it for granted. Now, have you um, ever thought about like big two, you know, or, or working on anything if you're given the opportunity, or do you like doing your own? Sure. Um, you know, if I were to work for either of the big two, it would have to be something that I would want to work on. Uh, I, I usually like to do original um, characters. I like to do something that I can tie into the universe. Um, not necessarily pre-established lore. There are there are things like licensing, like video games, that I would really be into because that's, that, that's, that's the stuff that I know the most about. Uh, but mostly I really just enjoy kind of, you know, doing what I want to do. And, and I understand that, but, like, as a kid, did you ever think of a Spider-Man story, or, like, have you ever thought of something like that when you were younger, before you started establishing yourself with your own Oh, yeah, character? yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, for me, I always wanted to do Venom or Punisher growing up. Like, those were my two favorite. I was like the anti-heroes, the guys who literally just go around and fuck shit up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Destroy people. Yes. Blood, guts, everything. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, those, those were my things. You know, I never read DC growing up, so I don't know enough about any of the characters to actually want to write them, but I, I thought Batman would always be fun, too. Again, same vein, but... Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any other books that you've uh, done besides yeah. the So I have Sioux Falls, which is a steampunk Native American story inspired by the 1862 Dakota Uprising, and that one's actually based on my own Dakota heritage. Okay. Yeah, and that one I'm really... Uh, that, that's my newest one, but it's also one I'm probably most proud of. And they're going to be doing a feature at the Cheyenne uh, Wild West Museum this September all the way through April uh, with the artwork and native realities. So that, that's pretty exciting. Um, I also do Joseph Smith in Space, the uh, sequel to, uh, to the Book of Mormon. Yes. And that one takes place in 1978 when God changed his mind about black people. Okay. Yep. Because, you know, the Mormon church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're huge fans of people of color. Do you have anything... Uh, in the works for a Bible 3? Uh, yeah, I'm working on Bible 2 Part 2, which is called Double Crossed. And that one takes place in the year 1492 when Columbus sailed to slay a Jew. You are my new favorite <laughs> person, man. The puns never stop. Oh, no, they don't. And I'm also working on a new Abe the Aborted Fetus. Okay. Yeah, and that one's called Midwife Crisis. <laughs> we just got to stop right now. Because yeah. You're going to kill me. But <laughs> Zach, thanks so much, man, for oh, taking absolutely. time out. Oh, for sure. Thank you. All right, I'm here with Jay. Langley. <laughs> he does this fabulous, I, I keep on, okay, so we're at Motor City Comic Con, comic book convention. Of course, there's vendors set up everywhere. Comic book stuff mostly, but this is the one booth I cannot stop coming to because <laughs> everything at this booth is amazing. Thank you. And so I'm looking at these things called Scare Bears, which are terrifyingly disgusting teddy bears. And, I, and I, I just need to know 
where this came from. <laughs> well, I'm a father of five. Okay. Um, one day, um, it was shortly after Halloween, uh, my daughter was on the couch and her little brother was beating her with a teddy bear, and he was only a toddler at the time. <laughs> and uh, he took it from, or she took it from him and said, Dad, will you do something with this? And at the time, I had some cheap Halloween decorations laying around, and I just made something kind of goofy and, you know, not very good quality at the time. And uh, she took a picture of it after I made it and uh, sent it to a friend, and that friend sent it to another friend, etc. And next thing you know, people wanted them. So I've evolved uh, over time. I actually make all my own skulls and everything you see, all the internal organs, the hearts, and all that other good stuff. I do custom ones as well. Um, I do it, as you see here, I have a face hugger alien with the chest burster coming out. Oh <laughs> um, I also do like Jason, Freddy, yes. um, all the typical horror characters you can think of. I also do sci-fi, fantasy stuff. Um, I've done a Batman bear, of course. It's all going to have my gory spin to it, of course. Got to keep it gruesome. And uh, yeah, and that's basically it. So. so, how long does it take you to make one of these things? Uh, typically, it takes a couple hours to assemble my basic ones that you see. Um, something more e elaborate, like the face hugger. Uh, that's something I have to sculpt and then make a mold out of, and then if I'm going to reproduce it. But basically, every time you get a face hugger one, it's all hand sculpted. The the face hugger is. Um, so that's the only way I can make it work because it wraps around the neck of the bear right. as well. And you do all of this by hand. By hand, yes, absolutely. You, I was listening to you talk the other day, and you said none of them. There's never going to be one that's exactly, exactly the same. Alike. No, yeah. no two are exactly the same. That's correct. And they're meant to be handled. Um, they are durable, even though they don't look like they are. Okay. And they're not wet and sticky like they look like they are. They do. It's an amazing effect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're actually still cuddly. You can still cuddle with them. <laughs> so what's what's the basic reaction you get as people walk by? It's food? it's either one of two things: either absolute horror or they laugh their butts off. So it's one or the other. <laughs> Have you ever made children cry with you? Um, unfortunately, yes, <laughs> and I've made some adults cry as well, so yeah, and I, I feel bad about it, so after that, I usually give them like a piece of candy at my table, ah, but, but yes. who wants to take candy from a guy who makes creepy <laughs> teddy bears, right? <laughs> so do you, do you have just like a bunch of these sitting around your house? Do your kids love these? Yeah, my little boys, and they're so immune to it now that it doesn't even phase them. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> So, Scare Bears, obviously, a play on Care Bears. Yes. Right? These ones don't care, though. <laughs> so, if you had to pick a favorite, not necessarily out of the ones right here, but what's, like, the best one that you think you've ever done? The best one I've ever made was the Predator Bear. Um, and that one I auction. When I make a one-off that I'll never replicate, I usually auction it for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And um, I auction it on eBay, and it got about, like, 600 bucks for the charity. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um so, do you plan on doing anything other, like, do you have, you're planning on getting, like, My Little Pony horror stuff at hey, all? Or whatever <laughs> the customer wants, I can make it. You can do anything. <laughs> anything, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Only thing I won't do are real serial killers. Okay. Um, I will not do sacrilegious. I won't do pornography or, That's you know. fair. They yeah. are teddy bears, after all. Right, right, right. <laughs> they still have to be a little bit cuddly. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... What technique do you use to get the, like, what products do you use to get the, the, the way they look? Well, like, they do look sticky and gross, but they're not. Well, some of it's actually my own creation of combining a bunch of different materials. Um, it's like a trial and error thing that I've been through. 
Uh, the blood paint that I use is about $400 a gallon. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I use a combination of like three different paints, silicone, foam, um, resin, and of course, polymer clay. Okay. And if people want, well, last day of the con, so they can't come here and get one unless they're already here. But if people want to buy one from you, where would they go to get it? Uh, ScareBearsNumberOne.com. Okay. Yep. And are you planning on doing any other, con you're local, you're from Michigan. Right. So are you planning on doing any other cons in the area, or is it usually just Motor City that you hit up? Um, I'll do anything around the area. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, it was great talking to you. Great, it was great talking to you. Thank things. you. And uh, I hope you sell out. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>